back. Hour number three. Hour number four. I can't believe we've gotten through three hours already. Hour number four of the Bill Michael Show. Holy mackerel, today is flying by. Today is flying by. I want to get into uh, the Badgers coming up here in a minute, but uh, Badger Base says, by the way, Bill, worst pro football focused players on defense this week and three second-round picks, Watson, Myers, Dillon. Uh, you've got the defense, three first-round picks, and Savage, Walker, and Stokes. Is this an indictment of Goody? Uh, Darnell Savage did not look good. Stokes, he was all the rage last year. I mean, how can you have an indictment of Goody? You know what I mean? Seriously, how can you have an indictment of Goody? Last year, everybody was saying how Stokes is so good and that when you get Jair back, it's going to be the best secondary. In five. Hell, I was saying that. Stokes made me a believer last year. You know? Uh, Josh uh, Myers, eh, he's been struggling. Christian Watson, you know, obviously just doesn't look good. They don't, they're not even, you know, he goes down with yet another injury, but they're not even using him hardly. And A.J. Dillon, eh, you know, I don't I don't go in that direction, so to speak. And I just think that there are times that they misuse the offense. But what I'm going to say is, is you can look at those players and you can say, okay, is that an indictment of Goody? No. A.J. Dillon's been a good player. Let's be honest. Savage has been a good player. Stokes has been a good player, right? Quay Walker, eh, he's a young guy. He's young, he's going to learn. Christian Watson's young, he's going to learn. Myers, got his ass handed to him. Dylan, eh, a few bad reads. But overall, that's not an indictment of Goody. That's an indictment of coaching. My opinion. Jackson says, do you think it's a case of not making adjustments or making adjustments when adjustments aren't necessary? I think it's once teams show you a different look like i said i i I think it's very i don't want to overthink this sometimes we get into ourselves and we're kind of like okay i'm going to analyze every play and look at everything and i'm going to be right and no i just think if you just look at the halves first half of the season packers have put up 65 total points second half of the season they put up 27 and two of those were a gimme in third quarters three out of five games they've been shut out had they not had the safety handed to them yesterday, three out of five games so far, they would have been shut out of the fourth quarter as well. I mean, that, that's just, there you go. That's it. Teams are adjusting, they're not. Or the ones that, that they are making are wrong. Or they don't have the capability of play calling. I mean, I'm now I'm strictly talking offense here. The offense isn't doing a whole lot to help the defense. When you're consistently going three and out, you're not really putting them in good positions to be successful. But then again, the defense has to go out and shut somebody down. And the fact that they're not aggressive, they're playing on their heels, they're playing back, don't don't let anybody get behind you, I think that's uh, um, a non-aggressive play caller, and that's Joe Barry. So that's why I can overly – that's why I can say overwhelmingly right now I feel it's coaching, it's not executing. Now, players have to execute, don't get me wrong. If you're losing your one-on-ones, you're getting beat in the trenches. You know, that's on you. But I just don't know if the coaching staff is doing enough to help them. Sometimes if you're getting beat, sometimes you need to put guys in positions to be successful or do things that make them more successful. I know it's chicken or egg, and I get it. Nine times out of ten, I do nothing but defend the coaches. You know that. Almost to a fault. But in this particular case, nah. Nope. Not when the not when the statistics are, are starting to stack up and it's becoming a trend. You can get up twenty to ten, twenty to seven, twenty to twelve, and you know the second half is coming. 
and you're thinking to yourself, oh, this is great. They got it in the bag. Not anymore. Not anymore is what you have to think about is how big is your lead going into halftime? Because is that going to be a big enough lead to fend them off in the second half? Because you're, you're offensively, you're not doing crap. Think about it. You've scored 27 points in the second half of ball games. That's fi- that's on average. If you want to average it out, you know what that comes to. That's five point two points in the second half. Twenty seven points averaged out over five games. You're averaging five point two points, ish. Not going to get the job done. You're not going to win games doing that. Uh, 877-867-1670. Now, uh, I want to go back to the Badgers, and I think they deserve to be discussed. Okay? I do. Um, The game they play, does the game on Saturday, and Ben, let me ask you this. Does the game on Saturday give you confidence that it was coaching and they're heading in the right direction? Or do you think they just got an adrenaline burst, they played a really bad team, and it's still a ginormous question mark moving forward. I think everything you said is true. Number one, that was a terrible, terrible team on both sides of the football they played, which at times we've seen for this Badger team could mean good things because that's when they get things turned around, uh, and that's when the season kind of switches and they start winning again. In terms of coaching, I don't want to use this as an indictment on Paul Christ, although it's hard offensively, it's hard not to. Um, You had Bobby Ingram on the sideline. I guess coming away from this game, the thing that impressed me the most is how organized the team was and the coaches were because Leonard goes to head coach. Mm -hmm. He's still calling defensive plays. You have your OC come down from the booth onto the sideline, and there weren't any pre-snap penalties. There weren't any missed looks. There weren't any blown coverages. They were very organized and disciplined. And yes, they played a terrible team, but no self-inflicted wounds you might have expected to see from a new coach trying to juggle everything that's gone on in the last week. So I, I think the coaches did a terrific job. I also think playing a team that bad will make you look good no matter what. Um, okay, I, I would agree with that. I, I will say this. The one thing that I was looking for and I saw was a lot of confidence out of Graham Mertz. He just looked like a different quarterback. Did he not? Yes. And that, I think, I'll credit coaching for that one. We saw looks, uh, RPO type from the pistol, things that we haven't seen this offense do really since Jack Cohn in 2019. And why have they not done it yet? I don't know. Part of that is the offensive line played great and he wasn't touched. So everything was running open. But we saw a lot more depth from this offense scheme wise than we've seen throughout this year so far. So I think things were made easy, and then, yeah, he balled out. But we've known he has the talent and the potential to do it. I, I think he was set up really well by the coaches. Um, 877-867-1670, uh, Travis says, uh, does anybody know what time the Brewers play tonight? <laughs> God. I like that. That actually made me laugh. That made me laugh. Uh, Wisconsin Cheese Curd King says, so the Packers' defense needs energy. I'm going to suggest new mail. People are coming it today. He also says uh, because the secondary has been limp. How are we looking? Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, 
Uh, this is from MR. It says, uh, thoughts, we saw what happened to the Vikings and the Saints defenses after they came back from London. With the way the uh, Jets' offense has been rolling, I uh, see some big concern for our defense and therefore winning this game this coming weekend. What do you think? I, okay. I'll, I'll agree with anything at this point because I have no idea. I really don't. I have no idea. I don't know what to expect anymore. I thought for sure they'd go in and get a win. I, 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 um, I, ha- I have not gotten to the point where I could bet my house on a lot of things anymore, but I would have come close that the Packers would have won this game just outright this past weekend. That was just my thought. I just thought, you know what? They're going to get a win. They're going to get a win. This weekend, they're going to get a win. And nah, baby, nah. Boy, was I wrong. I really thought they'd get the win, and they'd pull it off, and nope, just never, never happened. Complete disappointment. And uh, I, I don't have a legit reason to say, okay, this was just it. It was like a blanket thing. But I point more to coaching than I do anything else. I, you know, it is what it is. Um, this one's from Anthony who says, uh, I thought that Graham Mertz looked really good, but I thought the defense played much better. They stepped up. And what about the offensive line? Let's give them some kudos. Uh, I go back to what you said, Ben, in a lot of different cases. I think they played a bad team. I think they came out energized. I think the organizational side of things uh, with Jim Leonard and such I thought went really well. Maybe it was the perfect opponent for the perfect put-the-train-back-on-the-tracks move, and that is with Leonard taking over, and maybe it just all came together. Um, complete kudos. And you just want to kind of bask in the in the win that was, uh, and then you just want to say, okay, now let's move forward and see what happens the rest of the way. I know it sucks to look downfield and say, let's talk about next week already when you haven't really even been able to enjoy too much of the win that you just had, especially, and, and again, I, I've said this before, and I said it on Friday, so I'm not going to be a hypocrite now. But getting a win down there, even though it is a craptastic opponent, getting a win down there in Evanston, that's not easy to do. They don't consistently do that. Teams don't consistently do that. I think the Badgers did everything they could to win the game, and they did, and they won it in going, going away fashion. So I give them all the credit in the world, all the credit in the world, for being able to go down there and get that win. I don't take anything away from them. I'm not going to say, oh, well, whatever, and then make a bunch of excuses why they won. They played a damn good game. They executed extremely well in all facets. I was happy with it. 877-867-1670. So, Bill. Cheddarball, or who's this? Bill. Go ahead. If I were a blindly positive person, in theory, what positive Kenny would come on to this show today and say is this weekend they play probably the worst secondary in America in Michigan State. Their team hasn't won a Big Ten mm-hmm. game yet. They've been terrible. Then they play Purdue at home. Purdue can't run the ball. They're finding ways to win, but still not sold on them being that great. Maryland comes to town, and that's a test. Then they go to an inept Iowa team that if they score more than seven points, they'll probably win. They go to Nebraska. Right. We know what Nebraska is. And then it all comes down to Minnesota at home. They're a game back in the West. I, if I was overwhelmingly positive, I would look to the rest of the season and to be a blind optimist yep. and say a run is there to be had. Um, which is not a bad way to look at things if you're a Badger fan. That I would agree with. They can, they can still do it. They could, they could still win the West and find themselves in a Do you think, do we dare to dream and say, win out, find yourself in a Big Ten championship game, get yourself back into the top 25 with some of these wins, if indeed they should happen? 
And, oh, by the way, by chance, this team could find themselves possibly extracting revenge on Ohio State, which, by the way, C.J. Stroud looked fantastic this past weekend. Yeah, no chance. He had more touchdowns than incompletions. (laughs) But that's Michigan State, again, the worst, probably the worst secondary I've ever seen. And they were bad last year. Right. Um, that I would agree with, yeah, Michigan state and how, what, correct me if I'm wrong. Did I, Michigan state was ranked at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Mid teens, I believe. Well, they won a lot of games that's, last that's year. That's what I thought, but they were, they were that's what I thought. fraudulent wins. If you ask me, I just, man, they're just a bad football team. I thought I, I said, the, I said the, uh, over the weekend. I had a friend of mine. I said, well, they were ranked in the beginning of the season. They were pretty high. And he said, no, they weren't. I said, I'm, I know I didn't read that wrong. I know they were. So I want. I forgot to forgot to go look it up. There you have it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Mike Clement's going to be joining us coming up next day around. We got a, a whole lot more of Packers football talk right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Fourth in the ball game. There's a signal right there. That shoulder tap. You ready for Lazard? Ball batted again. Incomplete. The Giants hold the Packers out of the end zone. 1-0-2 to go. Air rush right there. Look at him. Touching his right shoulder. They didn't leave anybody else on the field. It was all out. Cover zero. Aaron Rodgers had a quick answer. And McKinney. Wow. We had a lot of run pass cans, and they played a lot of single high and manned us up. And it's, you know, do you want to run into a loaded box or do you want to try to get it through the air? And give credit, you know, Winks, a guy I totally I got a lot of respect for. And he outcoached us in the second half, and they outplayed us. offense did not put up a point in the second half of that game yesterday. Two points were given to them with 11 seconds left to go in the game regarding the uh, the safety. And the Packers have been outscored uh, you know, numerous times. As a matter of fact, in the third quarter of ball games, they've only put up a total of 17 points in the last, well, in, all season. In the third quarter, they've been shut out of three third quarters. They've been offensively shut out of three fourth quarters so far, and they put up a total of 12 points. Two of those, like I had mentioned, were due to uh, the safety. Their second-half offense sucks, for lack of a better term. Mike Clemens now joining us on the line. Michael Wink Martindale had their number, man. Yeah, and you know, Bill, I'm not going to be able to tell listeners uh, what the Packers need to do differently, X's and O's. All I can tell you is this, um, the Packers have now been a far healthier team against good teams that were decimated by injuries. This Giants team was not supposed to be this good because they have sucked. They, this is, they're off to their best start in 13 years, and they got a brand-new head coach in there. And then they've got this defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale. And I'm beginning to wonder... This this is a tough guy. Here's a guy from Dayton, Ohio, great football state, uh, a linebackers coach. His family was a, in the trucking business, 
and he left that to get into coaching football. And do you remember that uh, game last year when the Packers played the Ravens? And they didn't, you know, talk about injuries. They didn't have to play Lamar Jackson. They played Tyler Huntley at quarterback. Right. And and had they been uh, converted a two-point conversion, they would have beat the Packers last year on the road. Uh, and the defense was given LaFleur and Rodgers fits in that game is because Wink Martindale, Don Martindale, was the defensive coordinator. And we played this on Friday's show, but I want to play it again for people. This is a tough hombre because he was asked about facing Aaron Rodgers, and he said, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is like uh, dealing with a snake. It's like owning a python and say, don't worry about it, he won't bite. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. There's, there's, to me, there's no difference. I think that you know he's just as effective today as he was five years ago, six years ago. You know, that, that would be like saying that, I don't know, Michael Jordan can't hit any three-pointers. You're going to guard him outside, and then he'll hit five or six three-pointers on you. So he's playing at top level. When I'm retired in a golf cart someplace down in Florida hitting a golf ball, I hope he's in the foursome in front of me and I'll hit a golf ball into him. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, if he catches him on the golf course, I guess you watch out for him. But in the meantime, uh, Wing Martindale and, and, you know, as far as the defensive coordinators go, there's just some guys like Zimmer for years when he was with Cincinnati. Had the number of a Rodgers. Uh, Martindale seems to have the number of Rodgers. He just kind of figures out what it is they're going to do and how they dial it up. Yeah, or is it Rodgers? And and is are we adding Matt Lafleur to that list? You know, I so think you Lafleur, have to. Lafleur and this team just get off the plane. There's something that President George W. Bush once said to voters, and that is, when your president travels overseas, give him a break for a day or two. Because if he says something silly or out of context at a press conference, it might be the jet lag. <laughs> so LaFleur got off the plane. Right. Yeah, LaFleur got off the plane, and he's at that beautiful resort, The Grove, about 20 miles north of London where they stayed. And it's got a full facility, and it's got a full football practice field there as well. And so we talked about how the week when he's going up against Belichick and now this week against the Giants – that he's been, LaFleur's been snippy, uh, under pressure because he, they had to cram in the game plan a day or two early. He said that this game felt like a Thursday game. So LaFleur had this press conference on Friday after we got off the air where he could tell he was a little woozy. But listen to this story he talked about when he had to face Wink Martindale when he was the offensive coordinator for the Titans. What time is it? I'm trying to figure it out right now, a little bit. I don't know. Do I, do I, am I coming across as cranky? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet? All right. Yeah, it, anytime you go against uh, a defense coach by Wink, it's a great challenge. And I've had a few bad experiences in my career. I, I know a couple years back in Tennessee, he really put it on us. I think we had barely over 100 yards of offense, and it was it was probably one of the most humbling moments in my career i mean we've got it taken to us so i think he does a, a just a great job of keeping you off balance you really aren't quite sure what you're going to get it's so game plan driven we played them last year and um they had a lot of adversity they were facing they had a lot of guys out and he had a 
a very unique game plan in terms of he was going to take uh, number 17 away for us. And you're not quite sure what you're going to get, but some of the looks he presents to you definitely gives you uh, some big-time challenges, especially in the pass game with some of the protections. Also in the run game, because we know that at any time he could bring both corners off the edge or, you know, just give you some some really tough looks. So I like the plan we have. Now we got to go out there and execute and just be ready to adjust. Maybe Wayne Martindale, if he ever comes up for a, another job opportunity, might have an interest in coming to Green Bay because the Packers defensively certainly don't do a lot of the things that Martindale does. But, you know, like Matt LaFleur said, Mike, whether it's the pass or the run, and, and it seems like the Packers at certain times when they could have run the ball didn't run the ball. It, I looked it up, Bill. It was four week, four years ago this week, and that the Titans and Matt LaFleur, the offensive coordinator, were home when those Ravens came in and just shut him down, shut down his offense. And, I, you know, I think it got a little bit into the coach's head. In the meantime, now you're into yesterday's game, and you've got a third and two and a fourth and two. That's what it said on the TV screen. Actually, in the game book, it's logged as a third and one. And Aaron Rodgers, not once but twice, throws the ball and it gets deflected. He's trying to throw Lazard on the fourth and two, if you will, off to the side, and it gets deflected. And that there's there's guys that are coming in uh, untouched, uh, and, and like wh- who is scheming this? Now, this is a little bit of the dissension you're hearing in the Packers locker room after losing that game yesterday, and a lot of people asking, "You've got Aaron Jones, you've got AJ Dillon, you're one yard away to." keep the drive alive and to tie this game up or maybe go for the two points. And so listen to Aaron Jones asked, gee, when it's when it's third and two or fourth and two, shouldn't you or A.J. Dillon be getting the football? I'd put my money on it. You give me an A.J. two downs to get two yards. Uh, I'd put my money on it. So, uh, But at the same time, I don't, I'm not the quarterback, so I don't know what A-Rod's seen. Um, and they made a good defensive play to bat it down. So, um you know, we just go back to the drawing board and put our heads down and keep working. I like the fact that after the game, Pete Doherty asked the tough question. Matt or Matt uh, or Aaron Rodgers said that he's not calling the plays, but he likes the plays. And yet Matt LaFleur is, you know, we're not sure if he's the one calling them or if Rodgers is checking in other things. You just you don't know. But what I do know is that once they get outside the scripted plays, the offense is stale. Right. A lot of people are wondering, you know, maybe a run play was called there and Rodgers checked out of it thinking he'd, you know, flip the ball in for a touchdown uh, for whatever his reasons were. And Matt LaFleur was asked, is Rodgers checking into the right play at the line of scrimmage? No, Aaron does a great job with that stuff of, of calling what we want. No, not, not in our mindset, no. It seems like one, one of the things that did work was to get the ball. I think it just kind of happened naturally. He he took advantage. We thought, uh, you know, he he won some matchups, and unfortunately we didn't get him the ball enough, obviously. Oh, okay. (laughs) I I, I don't know why, you know, you needed to get to Randall Cobb more or to A.J. Dillon. I, I just... I think that, Mike, we see a lot of movement. We see a lot of motion. We saw misdirection. We saw play action. And then all of a sudden it was just shotgun. After yeah. That. I, it, just, it seemed like it just, it just dies. Well, and, you know, LaFleur was asked post game then, so what's the one thing you think you did wrong to lose to the Giants? 
everything. You know, it wasn't good enough. Again, give New York all the credit. Mike Kafka, Brian Dayball, their players, going out there and, and coming up with a good plan and then out executing. That's what happens in this league. And if you don't come ready to play, and not that we didn't come ready to play, but they obviously out executed us in the second half. And like I told our team, it's just disappointing, but we can't let one loss compound into another. Mike, I, and he's right. I understand that. But I, I think there's guys now. I don't know if they're questioning the coaching or questioning the guys around them. But you get a guy like J.R. Alexander that says when asked specifically about whether or not the defense is, you know, starting to become in peril and says, I don't know, we'll wait till the next game to find out, you know, if we lose the next game or something like that. That's just reality, man. That's what it is. Bill, when, when these players talk to us, like on Wednesdays, we're basically getting what the head coach said in the team meeting early Wednesday morning, okay? Because these are 25-year-old guys. It's like, well, what am I supposed to say about the Jets? Well, the coaches put it up there. Here's the top three things you need to know about the Jets, their, their coach, who their weapons are, and all that kind of things, and they just sort of regurgitate that. Yesterday, you heard LaFleur right there saying, you don't want these wins to start to you know, pile up, or lose losses, rather. You don't want these losses to pile up. And clearly, he said this to the team in the locker room because Jair Alexander said, and this was off microphone, he just said, you know, someone said, is this defense as good as everybody said it was going to be? You know, are you concerned about the defense? And Jair said, I don't know, we'll wait till we play the Jets. Well, by the way, the Jets won 40-17 to over the Dolphins yesterday. They're getting better. And so here's the question that was posed to Aaron Rodgers who's like, I'm hearing this all over the place. Here's how it went. Jair was just saying he's not concerned about the defense yet, but he will be if you guys lose next week. Are you concerned about the offense yet? No. Why not? Frankly, I don't like all this conversation about losing next week. I'm a firm believer in the power of words and manifestation, and we got to check ourselves on that because talking about that is not – that's not winning football. There was conversation about it in the locker room, and I don't like it. And uh, Josh's my guy, but we don't need to be talking like that. I understand there's a reality in this game, but there's a win and a loss every single game. But there's also a reality in in life that you uh, what you're putting your energy towards, that's where your focus is going to go. So uh, I'm not going to address prospects of losing up here uh, other than we just lost this game. Offensively, we haven't put two halves together. There's a lot that factors into that. You know, everything from calls to execution uh, to the momentum to defensive stops to adjustments that we make that are good or shouldn't make. Um, but it's a lot of execution. There's games like this where our defense is not going to be up to their normal standards, and we got to pick them up. We had chances, a lot of chances. So definitely the offense, uh, this one will weigh heavy on us on this flight back. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Uh, we're talking with Mike Clemens. Packers lose yesterday. We're breaking it all down for you. Everything coming out of the locker room. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the uh, Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Third and eight. Four man rush. Pressure coming. Rogers in trouble. He had a lot of run pass cans, and they played a lot of single high and manned us up. And it's, you know, do you want to run into a loaded box or do you want to try to get it through the air? And 
unfortunately, that that, that didn't work for us. And so, um, like I said, give credit. You know, Wink's a guy I totally I got a lot of respect for, and he outcoached us in the second half, and they outplayed us. Welcome back to the programming, uh, the program, I should say, but uh, that is Matt LaFleur. And the Green Bay Packers knocked off yesterday. Now it's kind of back to the drawing board, and they got another New York team, the Jets, coming to Lambeau Field. This portion of the program brought to you by the Bay Motel Green Bay, or the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Go to baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com, and they have the Bay Family Restaurant, which has homestyle cooking all the time. Great place to go, and uh, they have openings. And if you need a reservation, go to baymotelgreenbay.com. In the meantime, Mike, um, I- I'll tell you this. I said I wouldn't have bet my house, but I bet quite a bit that the Packers would have won the game this past weekend. You got a team in the Giants that's three of their starting six wide receivers are out. They lost some corners. They were down four cornerbacks during that game, three offensive linemen during that game, and they still won. It's like they, they, there's no way they should have won, but they did. And they beat a Green Bay Packers team that the you know network analysts still say is in the conversation for the Super Bowl. But the Giants are doing that with this depleted roster, and they're now 4-1. They're off to their best start you know, in 13 seasons after just a drought of five years. And maybe their roster wasn't so bad after all. Maybe it was the coaching. And their new head coach is a guy that's been hired by Bill Belichick. He's been hired by, you know, Sean McDermott up at the Bills. He's been hired by Nick Saban down in Alabama. I mean, this is a serious dude. Mm -hmm. And here's how he carried himself after knocking off the Packers yesterday. Um, A good heartfelt win. Again, it came down to the end. Our guys competed for 60 minutes, made a few more plays in Green Bay. You know, we've got things to work on, obviously some nicks and bumps and bruises, a long trip back. Um, so I just appreciate all the support, the crowd support here. You know, it was obviously uh, a lot of Packers fans. It felt like an away game, um, which I know was their home game. Uh, but at the end of the game, it felt like a home game. So when it feels like that, you put a lot into it each week. Um, players, staff, coaches. So you get that win and... You know, immediately after, you're pretty excited and go to the locker room, drink of water, and come out and do a press conference. Um, now, Mike, uh, in the second half of that ballgame specifically, the Giants, they hung on to the ball quite a, a bit of time, and the Packers' defense didn't do a lot to help. And we had talked about the lack of turnovers last week that this team has really yet to be able to come up with on a consistent basis. So you wonder if that in any way, uh, affected the for the length of time the offense was on the sideline, if it affected them. Yeah, I thought that opening drive that Green Bay had, 13 plays, 75 yards, and the TD uh, toss to Mercedes Lewis, who was wide open, the triple fake, that's that's what we're looking for. And, it's it's again, it seems like Green Bay, they get off their scripted first 15 or 20, and the, they get into it a bit. And they come out in the second half, and the Giants are now just clocking the game. They're... 11-play drive, 15-play drive, seven, eight minutes long. Green Bay goes out in response with a three-and-out. And so we talked to the big dog, Mercedes Lewis, about how much does that affect the Packers' offense? Yeah, I mean, it, it messes with your rhythm. As an offense, watching, you know, it messes with your rhythm. And I think for us, you know, that's what we want to do, right? Um, just keep the other team off, let our defense get some rest. Um, you know, kept our defense out there. I know my guys are out there winded, and we just didn't make enough plays. You know, this is this is one of those that we had to have, and we knew that. 
Um, but also, um, you know, we got the men in this room. We'll bounce back. Um, but it's, it's, it's all about keeping things in perspective um, and understanding that, like, yo, it's one game. Let's not let one game turn into two. Um, and two turn into three. You know, you know how it goes. But, you know, we got the leadership in this room. We let this one get away, you know. And like I said, give them credit. They played 64 minutes. Um, and we'll learn from this one. Um, like I said, we got to get back, lick our wounds, and, and um, Tuesday, be ready to get ready for the next week. And, you know, this team, Mike, just, you know, like you had mentioned, the inability to score in the second half of these games, man, the fact that they are just averaging just five points a half uh, at this point. When you look at the total number of points scored in the second half of the season, they get off those plays, they just can't get back in rhythm. Alan Lazard has made some nice diving catches. Um, he is a target. He is an option on third down. And so many times now in the last couple of weeks, Rodgers just seems to be off in his timing when they're trying to throw the deep balls. That's kind of inexplicable. And Lazard was asked, what does he think was the biggest reason that the Packers offense failed to score at all in the second half against the Giants? I think, you know, it was hard for us. We only had one drive in the first or the second second or the third quarter I should say and then obviously getting the ball back again I believe it was tight at that point and everything so we kind of just got our momentum um they took they definitely took the momentum and everything and we're just um kind of just having the way with us in the whole second half you know we've obviously struggled and um offensively and you know defensively and then special teams as well so I think it's just we're only a few plays away you know whether it's a turnover on um, explosion a touchdown um, or just someone just, you know, making a big third down stop or conversion. That's, you know, really the momentum swingers in this game. So, um, like I said, we seem to go back and evaluate the film and not be too too hard on ourselves and be able to learn from it and keep growing. You know, Mike, I think, uh, you know, you look at the opposite side of the football, offensively speaking, the big spark that uh, they had was not only the fact that Daniel Jones ran with the football a couple of times, which surprised everybody, but Saquon Barley, Barkley, I mean, even with the shoulder injury, he's back, man. He's got that burst again. Yeah, and, you know, this Giants team, they, they shocked everybody opening week with upset the Titans in Nashville. They uh, got past the Panthers. They lost a close one to the Cowboys. Uh, they beat up a physical uh, Bears team last week. And uh, Saquon Barkley, man, this is his second year coming off the ACL. And he's articulate, and uh, he's excited now about what's going on with the Giants after you know going through Dave Gettleman's era, which was kind of crazy. And he talked about how big of a statement did you, you just make by beating the Packers, going to 4-1 in a, in a high-profile game in London. I don't think it's a statement to the rest of the league, you know, to be completely honest. This is the NFL. Every time you go against somebody, you know, this, is, this isn't college. This isn't like you're playing at Penn State and you're going against a, your week one team who's someone you should beat by 40. It's a great start, but like I said, you can't get too caught up in it. You just got to keep working. I mean, there's a reason why we're 4-1, and one, and that's because of the process, and that's because, you know, we got guys coming to work and believing in the system and, you know, setting the culture, setting the standard, and following it. Mike, uh, when you look at the Packers' defense, and we had talked uh, about this going into the game, that they had to win in the trenches, I don't think they did. Uh, yeah, they put uh, Jerron Reed, and they were using T.J. Slate in the big bodies, and they were trying to stop the run and trying to stuff the run, but I wouldn't say it was a successful day in the trenches. No, except that they did shut down Saquon Barkley overall, a guy who's you know, getting 150, 160 yards a game and leads the league, except when he lined up in – the Wildcat, and, you know, it's like the Packers didn't even have a plan for it, even though he showed that 
you know, the week before when they were running out of quarterbacks against the Bears. And so big Kenny Clark was asked, okay, you know, Saquon, you held him to 70 yards. He had the one 40-yarder. He got the one touchdown. Uh, but he is so talented. How do you think you guys sized up overall? Uh, proud about how we started. We gave up that big play um, in that wildcat run. Um, you know, other than that, he didn't really he didn't really get too many explosives in the run game. Um, did a pretty good job at um, you know stopping the run for the most part. Uh, we just can't give up explosives. Uh, you know, when you talk about defense, you know you can you can play a thousand plays good, and, and that one play, that one explosive play can change the game. So um, we gotta just do a better job at, at limiting. Uh, limiting explosives and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, they start making, um, you know, big plays. Uh, you know, penalty shot us in the foot, um, and, and they just made more plays than us. Honestly, they made plays when it counted, and uh, just just on both sides of the ball, it just wasn't just wasn't up to our standard. It just wasn't good enough, uh, especially in the second half. The uh, Mike, uh, the defense, uh, like he had mentioned, just not good enough in the second half, and I just. You know, the only thing I can say is the defense to me looks like they're playing off the ball. Looks like they're playing soft, and not, there's not much aggression there, and not being much proactive there. They tried to key on Saquon Barkley. You got Daniel Jones there with a, a sore ankle, and yet still he was able to run with the football uh, and make some first downs. Uh, but he's, you know, he's throwing to practice squad guys at wide receiver, and so Preston Smith asked about. You know, here's a here's a defense that was highly touted. It looks good on paper. The eight, the the draft they've put into it over the last two or three years, the free agents they've signed. Uh, how did the defense fail against the Giants? Um, it's a lot of things, a lot of mistakes we made, a lot of things we could have did better, a lot of plays we wish we had back. But you know, the result is the result, and we just got to make sure that we're critical of ourselves when we watch the film, that we're critical of the mistakes we made, and make sure that we fix those mistakes and move forward with a positive attitude. In a, in a attitude that we're going to attack next week and make sure that we don't make those mistakes again and give up any big plays. So what changed from training camp? And you guys dominate. I've watched it every day. And all of a sudden, it just seemed like now the season started. And you weren't making those mistakes from training camp. Uh, I have no idea what happened. I feel like we was, pre- we was playing pretty well overall. And just, you know, we just, we're allowing too many um we're, we're making too many mistakes that a lot of teams are capitalizing, uh, capitalizing off of. But we're going to settle down. It's a long season. we got 12 more games left, as crazy as that sounds. After five, we got 12 more games left. And we got a lot of things we can fix going forward and a lot of things we can work on to get back to that, that, that defense we were in training camp or that defense we were known for being. Let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break, come back. Next, uh, next segment, we'll finish up with Mike Clemens, and we'll finish up looking at this Green Bay Packers team against the New York Giants and that ugly, ugly loss. Stay tuned. we got more coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I didn't expect anything less. You know, our, our fans travel deep wherever we go, honestly. You know, we could be at Bikini Bottom and they'll be there. <laughs> well, there you have it. little SpongeBob. You don't usually expect that on this program, but you got it. Mike Clemens joining us. And uh, Packers fans traveled heavy, huge. Kudos to Packers fans and uh, those that uh, got over to London. Not only those that live there, but those that traveled there. 
Yeah, Jair is convinced that they'd follow the Packer fans had fallen to the to the depths of the ocean, where SpongeBob lives. But you know, Aaron Rodgers. Everybody in the state uh, listening on the statewide right now, they hear stories about. Well, you know, my kid went up to and tried to get an autograph, and he he he, he blew him off. All right, but there's other things. I've got at least three listeners that sent me text pictures of when they were out Friday night. They turned around, they're in a pub, and there's Aaron Rodgers along with Alan Lazard and, you know, posing with selfies with Packer fans. So Rodgers was asked after the game uh, yesterday, uh, you know, what, what do you say to these Packer fans that came from literally all over the world? Well, first of all, we're sorry. You know, we, we, we wanted to come here and put on a show and win a football game. The crowd was outstanding. I mean, this was just a fantastic experience, I think, for all of us. There's guys in that locker room who have never been across the pond. And uh, just the uh, the hospitality from the fans when we were out, you know, me and Alan on Friday was outstanding. The crowd response today, taking the field was incredible. Uh, seeing the different flags from different countries was amazing. Our, the fans were loud the entire time. It was outstanding. And uh, so, so much love for Packer world. Uh, you know, I think we can say that now. It's been Packer Nation uh, for the first 100 and couple years, and hopefully the team will get a chance to come back and, and play here again because it was a special week for all of us, one that we'll never forget. Obviously, it would have been a little sweeter with a win, but uh, big, uh, uh, big loads of gratitude uh, on behalf of our team for the fans and the people of uh, London and the folks at the Grove who were outstanding. The food was just incredible, and the hospitality was first rate. Uh, so big thanks to uh, our European fans, and hopefully we'll be back. Mike, uh, well, now this week, kind of a short week, flying back from London. you got to turn it around, watch some film, get back into practice, and get your body set. So, man, it's going to be an interesting one. Home at noon against the Jets team and another great running back in Brees Hall. We just went wild over the Dolphins yesterday at home in New York, but they beat them for first back-to-back wins for Robert Sala, uh, Matt LaFleur's best friend, as while well, he's been head coach in New York. Yeah, no doubt about it. Good stuff. Mike Clemens, uh, kudos to him. Uh, this That's going to do it for us on a mo- quirky Monday, weird Monday. Hopefully everything's restored and back to normal tomorrow, and we'll be back at it yet again. But until then, time for us to go. Have a go. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.